podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I am delighted to be joined by Sean Connolly and Laura Bradburn. This is the third instalment of the match day coverage and thankfully we got that second goal, guys. Um, although there was a couple <laughs> chopped off as well, Sean, that second half just got a wee bit scrappy, didn't it? Yeah, it was and I'm sure everyone's going to say in the comments and the conditions, the conditions, but like we scored four goals all in. Uh, fair enough, two of them were just marginally offside or whatever. Um, yeah, it wasn't a classic performance, uh, but it, it kind of reminds me of that one where we, was it 1-0 against St. Johnson, where James Forrest scored, that kind of game, you know, where it was more just a kind of, a bit of a digging it out kind of game where the opposition were well up for it, put in a lot of effort, had a good game plan and uh, we weren't at our best, but we, we did enough and had enough quality. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll let the, the comments flow for this post-match as well. What did you think of the game? Uh, yeah, it did seem as though we were in control, but every time Kilmarnock kind of kind of breached their back line, Laura, um, mm. I mean, we watched, the three of us were obviously watching the game um, and there was a concern that as easy as it could have been 4 nothing, it could have been one each going into the last five minutes of the game. Yeah, I was I was pretty concerned in the first half and even more so in the second half that they seemed to be winning a lot of the aerial battles um, when they were attacking. Um, and I was a bit concerned about how vulnerable we might be to conceding a goal from a set piece. Um, thankfully, that didn't happen. But there were, it was a very kind of back and forth game where we had periods of domination and then they had periods of coming back into it. So after saying before the match, Ange doesn't really do scrappy wins. Um, he's going to prove me wrong, obviously. <laughs> uh, no, exactly. Yeah, whatever's required. Uh, both games ended 2 0 this week Celtic versus Kilmarnock, but both games were completely different, Sean. I mean, 
Um, in the league game, I felt comfortable. You know, we were dominant in possession. Didn't ever think really Kilmarnock were going to put us under the cosh or nick a goal. Didn't get that vibe at all tonight. Um, but again, you've got to try and look at the positive and say, well, we showed enough character. You look at that last goal, the tenacity, every player closing down the Kilmarnock players until they make a mistake, until there's, you know, James E. Forrest latches onto it. And of course, I'm going to bring this up before I come to you, Sean. Uh, someone's remembered here in the, the comments that Laura was a big fan of David Turnbull. You'd have been pleased with the Turnbull pass for the goal. Was it a pass or was it a shot? <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, start, we'll start off with that. And you and Boy Martin, of course, that was an ugly game, but we win in another cup final. Exactly, Sean. Let's just celebrate the fact that mm-hmm. we showed enough character and tenacity to get the result. Yeah, so February 26th, we'll be enjoying a cup final against either Sevco or Aberdeen. Uh, hopefully the pitch is cut up enough that uh, Aberdeen, uh, who are used to playing in potato fields, will have a good, uh, uh, or sorry, that's not quite fair, uh, sheep grazing fields uh, will have a, a good fair crack tomorrow. And we all know what pathology <laughs> means now. If anybody was watching the chase. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Glenn Murby, I'm bringing this up because obviously Sean is dialing in from a different part of Australia, of course, got up at 4.30, did Glenn, to watch the game. Got to say, I should have stayed in bed. Not our best performance, too many sloppy passes. Yeah, absolutely, from Starfield and Burnaby at the back. But a win is a win. And sometimes you've just got to get that win, get out of dodge, and as you say, look forward to the final. Uh, Sean, I mean, Laura, we're not entitled we're in a cup final. It's the first cup final of the season. You know, some of us are dreaming about trebles. I certainly am. So we've just had to go out there and, and get the business done. As scrappy as it was. Yeah, I mean, um, we've talked often enough on this show about um, trying to break down teams whose main objective is to stop us scoring. And to give Kilmarnock some credit, I don't think that was how they approached the game entirely. I think they did come at us and try and create chances of their own. Um, so from that point of view, that was maybe what afforded us the chance to, to go on and win the game. But like you say, um, a final is never to be taken for granted. Um, and, you know, the old saying goes, the winning's a, uh, winning's a habit. So if we can um, get to that final on a good run of form, hopefully, and um, get a trophy in the cabinet well before the season's over, um, then it can only stand us in good stead for for what else is to come in the Scottish Cup and, and the league, obviously. Yeah, we're four minutes into the stream and there's uh, over 400 of you tuning in live. So thank you all for tuning in to a Celtic State of Mind. Barry McCluskey is still unhappy. I mean, we've just had two goals chopped off for VAR. Starting to think that one of the reasons VAR goes against us is that it gives the officials a chance to confer and get their story straight. Now, Sean, this might be controversial, but just before Yakamakis's goal, there was a shout mm-hmm. from the Kilmarnock players that Yakimakis had uh, manhandled their player to the ground. Was it the boy Armstrong? Was it I, him that uh, went down? Don't think it was Armstrong. He was involved in most things, yeah. What was your take on that? Because you're saying no chance. That's never a penalty. Uh, no, I don't think it was a, a penalty. He's leaned into him. He's not really. Uh, if you're going to, if you put your hand on someone to get leverage and then they go down, that's that's more when it's a penalty. But if you're just like just moving forward. Uh, in the ball, if neither player has possession of the ball, so at that point it's really just incidental contact, and the commander player just going down easy. Uh, to, to me, that's not a penalty. I, I know that they're all shouting for it. Willie Collum, you can see in the replay saying, "I saw it, I saw it," or "Or I'm calling it," whatever it was he was saying. Uh, I know I'm only an amateur referee, but for me, that's as per the rules, that's not a penalty. 
Um, you happy with that, Laura? Far be it from me to argue with a ref, but I think <laughs> I think if that's the other way around, I'm I'm all over it asking for a penalty. And I think it was a big call. I'm glad it went our way because uh, obviously it was still only one nil at that point. And uh, you know, if they get that penalty and score it, then it makes the the last few minutes of the game a a, a, a lot a lot different. Um, I think the the least you can say about it is it was clumsy. You know. Um, mm. And and as again as another old saying goes, if you give the referee a decision to make, that's your first mistake. So um I appreciate Sean's knowledge on the subject, but yeah, I think if I'm a Kilmarnock fan, I'm shouting for that all day. Let's go back to Barry's comment then. Um obviously two VAR decisions. I'm gonna say went against us because we lost two goals. What was your thoughts on the two goals? Were they the correct decision to get them disallowed, do you think, Sean? What can you say? Uh, they have these cameras stationed on the moon, which uh, with have like 20 megapixel resolution that can somehow tell us uh, at 100 frames per second exactly what's happening, whatever AI is calculating it. We can't really argue with that, can we? Um, so, no, nah, actually, to be fair, I, did, I think they were right, even though it's frustrating because... <laughs> Back in the day, they're probably given. Uh, I think even if you look as recently as this season, we had one where, um, and then the, the only one really that's gone in our favour before VR came in was there was one of the goals in the nine 0 game where Jota was offside and the goal was given. And I think apart from that, it's really not helped. There's not been anything that's really gone our way. There's just so many other games where you look back and VR would have helped us out. And in this occasion, it's fine. Uh, you know, we've. As Joxton said, you need to be good enough to beat the referees as well as the opposition, and, and we were today. And, and, and uh, sorry, that sounds like I'm saying the referees were uh, unfair in their judgment. They, they weren't; they were fair in their judgment. But uh, you're right. Before VAR, those goals probably stand, which is just it's it's not something you can get too angry about. But also, it's kind of disappointing in a sense. It is disappointing, and uh, we spoke about it in the second half, Laura. The fact that we've got two brilliantly crafted goals this season that won't count. The first one, obviously, jot up at Fur Park. Um, and then tonight, that Kyogo pass was a thing of absolute beauty as he mm. laid on Maeda. And what a finish by Maeda as well. Um, one of us was saying Henri-esque, the way he, he put that into the roof of the net. It was brilliant. It's a shame when it's such a, a tremendously crafted goal that you're getting called offside because you, your heel is offside. It is very frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's frustrating, but I, I guess it's one of the aspects of football that I can learn to live with because it is essentially black and white. Obviously, as Sean's saying, the, the quality of the cameras and the computers and stuff that are being used to make the decision are worth questioning, but while they are the way they are, um, the images that were shown suggested that they were both offside and we have to go with that. Um, you know, I think... I think there are other laws in the game and other rules that I would maybe want to review and look at changing first and foremost. Like the handball rule for me is a lot more contentious in terms of what the actual rule is, how it's applied and all that kind of thing rather than the the offside where it's a, a black and white issue. Um, and, and on this occasion, although it frustrates me and although I don't think they call that offside without VAR, um, ultimately it was probably the right decision and thankfully we've not come to any harm because of it. 
Yeah, as I say, we, we get the result, we move on to the final, and uh, we'll now have about 700 of you watching live, so thanks. Uh, welcome, everybody, uh, to the post-match stream. We're 10 minutes in, and there's lots of good comments coming. I'm going to start off with Mick R, um, who wants to praise Joe Hart, and quite rightly so, Sean. Hart had more mm-hmm. saves to make on that part, and by the way, some of them were very, very important. Um, I thought he had a very good game tonight, did Joe Hart. Yeah, he was brilliant. Um, there was from the save he made after five minutes to uh, the, the all everything he was doing in the second half. I know, I know you were uh, you gave him a bit of a hard time for not coming for one of the the, the balls and over the top and behind. Uh, but I thought he was he was very good and he, made, he certainly made a difference today. Um, I believe from memory, Sam Walker's first save was around about the 83 minute mark when that Adam Moy shot, which was a brilliant shot and was absolutely going in the bottom corner, was probably our first shot that the goalkeeper actually had to deal with. So up to that point, we'd been denied more goals by uh, video assistance than we had by the Kamarnock goalkeeper. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, I think uh, we'll get on to Moy because he's a player now that is becoming almost quite difficult to drop. But before we speak about I'm give you your chance, Laura, to talk about Joe Hart. He's, um, he's made a massive impact, obviously, since coming to the club. Um, I said pound per, for, for pound, he was the best million quid that um, Ange had spent. He's been brilliant value for money. Um, but there has been some detractors, as Mick says. There's, there's been a lot of people giving him a bit of stick and quite a few others. And Axel have been giving him a bit of stick. But then you see him on a night like tonight, you think, right, that's his true worth. Joe Hart was was excellent tonight. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit like um, Kyogo up the other end of the pitch. Um, they can both have nights where they're off it and have very little or, or, or no impact. But like Kyogo, Joe Hart's got it in his locker to produce really top-class saves. And I think certainly he made a few key saves. A couple of them were really top-class. And I think I don't think we can underestimate just how shaky we were between the sticks before Joe Hart came in. Like the, the Barkas, Connor Hazard, uh, you know, Scott Bain. <laughs> Scott Bain era, where it was that kind of thing of he didn't really have a preferred option because you didn't have trust in any of them. Whereas we're now in a situation where Joe Hart we've got trust in and even Segrist when he's available, um, I think most people would say they'd be confident that he would put, turn in a good performance against a team of Kilmarnock's calibre. So, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing I can say is everybody knows my opinion on Joe Hart when he signed. I thought he was um, going to be too big of an ego for the dressing room. I thought he was coming for a bit of a last payday. Still think there's been glimpses of that in some of the things that he said, um, where he's maybe let the mask slip a little bit. Um, but the biggest compliment I can pay him personally is that he was actually my choice for for player of the season last season um, when the fans were asked to vote. I just thought he might not have been the most spectacular player when you think about Jota, Abada, Kyogo, all of those last season. But to me, he was the one that you would have to say out of all the players we have, who could you not replace if you lost them for a major chunk of the season? And I think last season, certainly, and this season, he's been one of the most irreplaceable players that we've had. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, there's been certain events, you know, I remember in Europe where he has bolted out his box, Sean ran up to Ange and had a wee conflab with Ange and you could see that he was kind of like part of this decision-making process. Then at Ibrox with the glass in his box and he's basically saying, mm-hmm. right, 
team. Let's get off the park. We'll just walk off. Um, so I think that there's a leadership quality to Joe Hart that we were sadly lacking um, when he signed. But tonight, had Segrist been fit, there might have been an appearance for Segrist tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's pivotal that, that Hart plays and Hart saves some really, really important, uh, pulls off some really important saves. What happens in the final, though, if Segrist is, is fit? That's a good question, actually. Uh, yeah, I think you'd have to stick with Hart after the semi-final, um, which is a shame for Segrist because he was he had he played well in the previous games. Um, yeah, it's a shame. But you know, if if it was about you know if it was just about bringing up the next man in, then Bain would have played tonight. But it's it's not about that. It's it's a we think Segrist is a potential you know, fell in here at first choice. So we're going to let him show that in these competitions. And he's, he's done that really well. And if it helps keep Joe Hart in his toes, then that's even more important in that sense. Uh, oh, for sure. You could certainly accuse him of being lax at times, uh, even if you can't accuse him of lacking quality. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you think of that, Laura? Because it's, the situation now with goalkeepers is that we have Joe Hart, un, indisputable number one. But like Sean was saying, Ange was bringing Segrist in for the League Cup games. He's injured tonight. Bain's on the bench. And Toby Ulwayemi is away out on loan for the rest of the season to get some first-team experience over in Ireland. Uh, however, we're in the final. And if the plan was to give Segrist the League Cup games, do you just go against that because of the performance tonight of Joe Hart? I, I mean, this is why I I like the fact Andrew's paid to make the decisions and not me because I really don't know what I would do in that situation. I think probably Joe Hart and and, and Segrist are both professional enough to to know what way the land lies, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Segrist come back in for a final. Um, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. There's also a bit of me that wonders whether the potential opponent dictates who the goalkeeper is going to be. Um, yeah. Whether mm. Hart maybe go, comes in if it's Rangers, but Segrist comes in if it's Aberdeen, and that's no disrespect to to Aberdeen, but um, but that's just the reality of the situation and how I think it might go. But um, either way, I think we've got two decent goalkeepers there. The the, the point about him, you know, coming out his goal a bit quick and. Uh, uh, sometimes being a bit shaky with the ball at his feet. That's something you always knew about Joe Hart. That was that was a feature of his game when he was signed. So um, I don't think that's anything we can start complaining too much about now because it's just it's a known quantity with him. Um, and uh, I think if it was a big enough problem, Ange would have uh, made sure he wasn't featuring as heavily as he has for, for the last 18 months. Yeah, absolutely. Now Michael Ross comes in to remind us we don't stop. Absolutely. Michael Stephen Sloan wasn't happy with the performance tonight. Three shots on target is not good enough. Uh, Sean picked up on that. Stephen there uh, with regards to the, the first save that was made by the Kelly goalkeeper. The the players were done after 60 minutes and Ange waited until 73 to make a change since we've come back from the World Cup. It's not been great to watch. Um, Michael Ross points out sometimes the semi-finals are horrible games to watch well it wasn't a classic tonight that's for sure but I want to talk about a few individuals and Stevie Boy brings up the man Yakimakis who has been 
Um, the subject of lots of discussion over the last few weeks, uh, Sean, he's been he's been linked to several clubs. I don't know what to believe anymore because Ange, obviously, um, you know he he was yeah he, he was playing a bit of a game to a degree in the presser um, because he doesn't like to let the business side of things get out there until the deals are done. I totally get that. But you just don't know what to believe. I mean, Yakimakis, what we've been hearing is he's unhappy. Sampdoria are interested. He's going to Japan. Uh, various clubs interested in him. But he came in tonight, and I think that, um, again, it was another reminder that he can give you something a wee bit different tonight. It's, it's all very curious, you're right, the, all this speculation. And I, I would actually be surprised if he doesn't start on Wednesday uh, against uh, Livingston at home. I, w- I would be expecting him to get a, a run-in in that game. Uh, we did have, I know we had no game midweek this week, but there was really a, an, a consistent spell last season where uh, we were alternating when we had those midweek games. And, and even even if you think back to the start of this season where we had four games in a row without a midweek breaking up, it was Kyogo, Kyogo, Kyogo. And, it, and that seems to happen when there's no midweek game. So I would I, I would actually be hoping to see something of Jack Macus this week. And if he leaves in the next two weeks, then he leaves. As long as he's he's just scored as a goal today that sealed the game and he's putting in a lot of effort, uh, not just uh, in the box, because we were talking about it as it was even happening, like... 20, 30 seconds before he scores the goal, he's 40, 50 yards away from that goal, uh, holding up play. Uh, so he's, he's, that's, he's obviously put in a great, massive effort to get from uh, there to there in that twi- inter- intervening 20 seconds. So I really can't fault his effort. Uh, I don't think I can fault his quality. And in the speculation, there's probably a lot more noise. Uh, I know we're smoke, no smoke without fire, but there's also a lot of kind of noise in there that's not actually what's happening. And if he's just doing the business on the park, then I'm happy to ignore that noise. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. If you go back, Laura, to what Sean says there, 92 minutes is where there was a commandment penalty shout. Yakimakis is defending his goal 10 yards from goal. Right, 93 minutes, he's holding the ball up using his body strength as he does so, so well, 40 yards from goal. And 94 minutes, he scores the second goal. Um, and I'm a massive fan of Kyogo. I love Kyogo. I mean, I love what he gives to the Celtic side. But Yakimakis does give you something completely different. And I just think that, you know, if he was to leave, it's going to be very difficult to replace what he gives and what he what he offers the Celtic side. And, and during the week, I even suggested that, you know what, if it is some contract issue where he was given a gentleman's agreement um, and we would look at and review his contract, which I'm not too sure if that's the case because it's modern football and everything's an in the contract, Laura, right? Um, but if he was expecting, you know, a, a wage rise, let's say, and he's done well enough in his mind, give him it, keep him. Why, why scour all these markets to try and find a replacement? Yeah, I... Listen, there's a bit of me that thinks um, it's not the way that I would want Celtic to operate to to renege on a gentleman's agreement if it did exist. But on the other hand, um, you've got to say Jackamakis is being naive if he thinks that um, in the business of football, um, these things can't change. If if it's not written down and signed, then it, it doesn't have to happen, and that's potentially what's happened there. But as far as um, as far as like him as an option goes. Certainly, in a game like tonight, where Kyogo was so um, ineffective and 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 sort of 
wasn't penetrating the defensive of Kilmarnock at all and was actually having to drop a bit deeper to find the ball and then wasn't in in decent positions. Um, Yakimak has provided a little bit more of a threat, I think. Not even necessarily from a goal-scoring point of view, but like you say, um, just the physical presence of, of being able to, for want of a better phrase, noise up the, the, the Kilmarnock players. I mean, I was talking about... Or, about 86 minutes or something that says oh all we need now is a GG goal and it was Sean that says well he's not going to get that he's 40 yards for the goal at the moment like uh, <laughs> on the touchline I think it was dealing with a, a Kilmarnock defender so you know he's he's got the work ethic he's got the work rate um, I said it before the game that he's, his attitude does not appear to have changed despite um, everything that's been going on and that for me is the biggest feature that would make me think yeah, we should maybe think about giving him what he wants. But at the same time, the club can't be held to ransom. And if they've offered them something and he's not satisfied with it, there comes a point where you've just got to say, OK, we'll, we'll part ways and that's that. Yeah, I'd be sad to see him go. You know, I've said this before. I think that he's got a lot to offer and he's going to be difficult to replace uh, for sure. Vic Harper comes in and he brings in Juranovic as well, the two guys we want rid of, um, took that game. I thought Juranovic played really well tonight as well, Sean. I, mm-hmm. I don't oh, sorry just to jump in there I don't think I, any of us are saying we want rid of any of them I, I, I think if you gave us the option we would want to keep players of the quality of Juranovic and, and Yakimakis but the point is they're probably headed out the door and that's that's the only thing anybody's saying I think sorry just before I come to you Sean right see on the Juranovic case right we've heard all these different clubs that were meant to be um, in for him Everybody from Barcelona to Chelsea and Man United, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if Celtic are interested in a player, somebody asks Andrew about it at a press conference. Nobody's asking any of these clubs at press conferences, are you in for Celtic Juranovic? And that's understandable. Mm-hmm. What if none of them are interested in Juranovic? What, what if it's all just agent feeding stories to X, Y and Z? And the fact is, we haven't had offers of any kind of sufficiency. I mean, if he's going to um, Italy on loan with, with an option to buy and all that nonsense, right? What if that's the only option that we've we've had, the only offer? We're keeping him. There's no way that, you know, we're going to let a player of that, that stature and that level go, even though we've got a replacement in the door. I mean, I don't think we'd cut our nose off despite our face, would we? Well, certainly not. If the, the rumours about the, the wage structure of these two players is, is true, then, yeah, it's not really any... Uh, financial skin off our noses to keep hold of them, you know. Uh, you'd have to. You could also argue that uh, it's better for our long-term uh, financial interests and what we can ask for in transfer fees if we do play hardball. Uh, then the next time a club comes to the table for any of our players, then they know that you know they can't get them on the cheap. Uh, which is you see the opposite thing happening in other places uh, in Glasgow. Uh, so we we yeah, you're right. It could well be a case that. Maybe it's every now and again you do need to let a player just stew in it and uh, to to show that we're in charge of these situations. But I don't know. I'm not. There's obviously a lot going on that we don't know about, and there could be release clauses that we don't know about, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we're all just fumbling around in the dark trying to figure out what's really going on here. But we know they're good players. We know they've had great games uh, with a few exceptions and. Uh, as Laura says, we're not trying to force them out. We would love them to stay here and contribute to success. But uh, if there needs to be turnover, if we need freshness, if there's going to be benefits to make profit on players, then that's what needs to happen. 
Yeah, for sure. We spoke at half time. Um and before the game actually around the, the two centre half slaughter. Um at half time we were a bit critical of Starfelt. Um I think he came onto a game in the second half because it was scrappy, it was the backs to the wall performance and I think that's when he's at his best when he needs to defend. Um, but obviously, he's, he's alongside one of the best players I've seen in my, my lifetime now in Carter Vickers. And people might think... And that is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Colin thought I had seen Jimmy McGrory playing for Celtic. <laughs> Martin Bickett says, Carter Vickers is the best since Elliot. There you go. That's a bold statement. We've had some brilliant centre-halves, Martin. But, you know, he's, he's putting in the performances. Uh, Moy channeling Zidane. I love that. You know, we spoke to Stuart Braithwaite, the um, Mogwai guitarist and uh, sometime vocalist. And Mogwai had done the soundtrack to the Zidane movie. Don't know if you've ever, ever seen it. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I'd asked him the question. I said to Stuart, big Celtic fan, I said, you know, if there was a Celtic player that you could do the soundtrack for their biopic, who would it be? And he said Lubo. But I think uh, there, there needs to be one for Moy as well. What about the arc of Moy's Celtic career, Laura? He comes in, underwhelming, getting a bit of flack. Some people were saying, what are we signing this guy for? And he's he's a first pick now. And he had a cracking game tonight. I was saying just before the final whistle, um, you know, he's he's played a full game here. Uh, and obviously got hooked in about the 92nd minute. But um, how impressed have you been with his performances after the World Cup? Well, listen, I want to thank Martin Bickett for obviously watching, but I think whatever he's having tonight, I want some of that because the only thing that Moy's channeling is Zidane's hairline, I think. But uh, <laughs> um, listen, Aaron Moy, I, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a player take so much confidence from a significant event in their career the way he has with that World Cup. He's come back from that World Cup absolutely flying off the back of a couple of really good performances and I don't think that can be ignored. I think you saw, I mean, who'd have said, you said when he was he was going off the pitch tonight, you know, he went off in the 92nd minute. We got 90 minutes out of Aaron Moy tonight and he was effective for those entire 90 minutes. And I don't think anybody can say that him, him going off um, bettered the team for who was coming on in his place. I think... He, he was signed at a time when we were signing a lot of glamorous players, a lot of strikers, a lot of big no-nonsense defenders, wingers, that kind of thing. And yes, he's not the most glamorous player you'll sign and he doesn't do the most glamorous job in the team. But it's becoming clear that what he does do is hugely effective for the system that Ange is trying to play and um, given a bit of time and a bit of a bit of a chance to to settle into the team as lo- as well as that confidence boosting performance in Qatar and he's really started to show his worth and I think a lot of people's attitudes will have been changed compared to their attitudes on the day that we signed them. Yeah, I always thought it was a low risk signing, Sean. You know, as a player that Ange knew from international football, he had the pedigree, he'd played at a really, really high level down south as well and he was a free transfer after all, but he's actually forced himself into this team in amongst the midfield that looked as though it was going to be very, very difficult to break into with Hatati, O'Reilly and McGregor. Yeah, he's done it. And tonight, I thought he was brilliant this evening. Yeah, he had a lot of scepticism to overcome given that he was somewhat replacing Tom Rogic. Uh, but it's hard to argue that he's probably the, the best St Mirren midfielder we've had since Paul Lambert, uh, even if he's not the best City Group player we've had in the last 10 years. So uh, he's certainly gone a good way uh, to convincing us all. Uh, he's, and to the point where 
most people kind of look back at the the Ibrox game and and lament the fact that he didn't start, which I believe is the only game he's not started since the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he was on great form because remember the Hibs game scored a couple of goals, and then he was dropped. But again, that shows the power of um, O'Reilly, who was on the bench tonight. He obviously a fantastic talent as well. Hatati mm-hmm. had been playing right back. He moves into midfield. But you're right. We'll probably look back on that and say, "Moy should have started." Um, here we go. Uh, was it Stubbsy's Stubbsy's horse? Stubbsy's horse. Uh, last goal. This is a good point. Forrest to Turnbull with Yakimakis finish. Great subs. Stephen Sloan mm. was earlier on uh, criticising maybe the, the length of time it took for the subs to be made. But in a nutshell, Stubbsy's horse has shown, Laura, that it was a great move by Ange. And uh, Forrest was very effective for the few minutes it was on. I, th- I thought he'd done really, really well. Best hind end in a, a pair of Celtic shorts since Stevie Fulton, I think I said. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the word peachy springs to mind, but uh, I think we can get away with that, although it's not past the watershed. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> listen, I think I think Ange has a real talent for um, identifying the point in the match when to go for the kill. And I think part of yeah. that is, is the substitutions that he makes. You look at the substitutions that came on, they are goal-orientated substitutions. Even without those ones that were mentioned, you had a badder coming on, and although he wasn't very effective, the point of him coming on was to to try and score, obviously. And and I think Ange, you know, is really good at identifying when Kilmarnock have kind of um, gassed themselves out a little bit, and we bring on the fresh legs and make make use of the number of substitutions we're still allowed to make with the rule changes over the last couple of years and they've essentially have almost half of a brand new team on the pitch for the last 10-15 minutes of the match and it it's no coincidence the number of times we've scored late on in matches I don't think that's luck I think that's I think that's part of the game plan and I think it worked again tonight yeah, for sure. And uh, Abado, of course, had that great chance as well. Probably should have done better with it with the head. Um, great, great move by uh, James Forrest uh, to play through Turnbull. It was a decent effort, and of course, Yaka Marcus was there to do what he does so so well. Hopefully, it's not the, the last time we see him ripping that shirt off and celebrating a goal in Celtic colours. Um, we're through to another final. Uh, let's be happy with that, and we'll see who we're facing tomorrow. Of course, when Aberdeen play. Rangers at Hamden. It's been a busy wee night. We've hit well over 800, 850 on the stream tonight. So thanks, everybody, for getting involved. If you give us a big thumbs up and like the video, it makes a massive difference. Um, We've noticed over the last few weeks, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do so. We're going to be giving away quite a few prizes most days this week as well, just for subscribing to the channel. And if you want to come and see us live with Danny McGrain, who has got one of the best senses of humour I've ever ever encountered then and of course world class fullback and all round legend then the ticket link is underneath this video all that's left for me to say once again is Laura Bradburn and Sean Connolly thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind thank you and data rates may apply.
Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.